in order to allow the mitargem to give the uh, translation. They would do one pasuk, and then the mitargem would say it's a perush. And they would say another pasuk, and the mitargem would say it's perush. When it comes to the haftarah, you can read three pasukim, because we don't care if he makes a mistake in the haftarah. There's no halachot that come out of the haftarah. It's a story. So therefore, let him let the Baal Koreh read three pasukim in the haftarah, and then the mitargeman will uh, read the three. Hayu, shalosh tan, shalosh parashiyot, which means let's say the three pesukim in the Navi. Each one is its own perasha. Each one is a separate subject. Then korin echad echad. Then already you can only read one at a time uh, because it's really going to make a mistake since it's three different subjects. So therefore, you want to give him a break. Let him uh, let him get one at a time. Okay. Medalegim benavi. You're allowed to jump from one chapter in the Navi to another chapter in the Navi. You don't have to read it all. Twenty-one pesukim uh, in one paragraph. You read ten pesukim over here. Then you move. You, you turn the you scroll. And you read the you read in a different place over there. The but you can't jump from parasha to parasha. Again, when you jump from one place to one place, the people lose their concentration. We don't care if they lose their concentration too much when it comes to Navi, because there's not too many halachot you learn from the Navi. But it's if it's Torah, if you're going to jump from one place to one place, it's going to take away the concentration. Not going to hear the halachot. How how far are you allowed to jump when it comes to Navi? So Yomar says, "Ad Which is when the Meturgeman is interpreting the pasuk, you have to turn the scroll. So by the time he finishes, you're able to read. That's how much? Two seconds. Yeah, that's an, uh, however many uh, scroll turnings you can make when the uh, Meturgeman is interpreting. But the pasuk is a long pasuk, so maybe you have a longer. But the point is, we don't want we don't want any delay. Once the Meturgeman is finished, we want you to be ready to." Uh, to interpret again, to, to read again. Gemara begins. I didn't give up the script. Can you give me the three pesukim that you have to read at the Sefer Torah? Can you give me Amar Vasei? Can you give Torah Nevi'im Ketubim? Okay. Velo yikralam to give me two pesukim had. Uban Abi give me pesukim. Bayush l'shtan shlosh parashiyot kore had had. Kegon. Now give an example of three pesukim in Navi that each one is its own parasha. Ko al tini shaya. Ko Amar Hashem hinam nimkartem. It was sold, sold for nothing. That's one pasuk over there uh, that we went to Galut by the Kastim. God says, and you're not going to be redeemed with money. How are you going to be redeemed? Through Teshubah. Next pasuk. The Jews first went down to the exile in Egypt. Right? And God said, uh, God, and God took us out of it. And then what? The next passage, which is the third passage. Why are you waiting? Uh, uh, why is God leaving us in Galut all this time? God's name is being desecrated in the Galut. God's name is being blasphemed by the Goyim in the, in the Galut. And therefore, uh, the Prophet is saying, to Bore Olam, and the, from the name of Bore Olam, redeem us. But each one is its own uh, story. 
Okay, medalegim benavi vemedalegim atorah. You're allowed to skip when it comes to navi. Jump around, but you don't jump around when it comes to the torah. Murmini, we have a question. Yom Kippur, we're not to pasuk Yoma. The Kohen Gadol reads Perashat Haremot, and then what? He rolls the Sefer Torah, and then he reads Ach Be'asod. So you see, the Kohen Gadol on Yom Kippur is jumping from one perasha to another perasha. We just said Emedalegim. Amar Abaye Lakasha. Kan Begdesh Yifsokim Turgiman. Kan Begdesh Yifsokim Turgiman. Oh, all of a sudden Gemara starts to mix and mix things here. But that which we said you can't jump from one area to another area Torah, that's uh, when uh, the Miturgimat finished already. However, if the Miturgimat didn't finish, he could still turn. So, what are you talking about? This whole Turgiman business was a, was a try in the Haftarah. Mashmah that when it comes to Torah, you don't uh, turn at all. So how are you making this, this condition that we put by Navi now, now you're applying this condition to the Sefer Torah? As long as it's the same subject, like Kippur, the Kohen Gadol was jumping from one Perashat Kippur to another Perashat Kippur. Again, the people are going to get mixed up. It's the same subject. Mashenka, that which we said that you can't... Huh? But that which we said uh, that you cannot uh, jump from one place to another subject is when it's about two different subjects. That you're allowed to... This is a proof of you. It's not a question. That you're allowed to jump in the Torah from one place to another place. So long as it's the same subject. In both cases, you cannot delay more than the Viturgeman. Fine. You're not allowed to go from one Navi to another. In the same Navi, you can skip. You can't go from Yeshua to Shofetim, Shofetim to Shemuel, Shemuel to Melachim, and so on and so forth, because that's already too much. So the Gemara says, "Ubenavi shneim asar." Today, asar is like all one—it's uh, one book just for twelve, uh, twelve sections. Medaleg, you can jump from Navi to Navi. We just don't want you to go from the beginning of the book to the end of the book. So today, asar is considered like one. Yeshua to Shofetim is two, but today, asar is considered one. But we don't want you to go from the beginning of the book to the end of the book because that's too much of a uh, 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 Torah. Or actually, he says over here, you shouldn't go backwards. You shouldn't go misofa sivra antahila Torah. She says mafreya, and I can't go from chapter and the end of the asar and then go to the beginning. You go forward. You don't go. So you go from the beginning to the end. Yes, beginning to end, but not shilohid misofa sivra antahila Torah. You cannot go from the end of the sefer backwards. Because we don't want to confuse the people. Okay. Now we discuss the advantages that they used to give the guy who used to get the maftir. Kanare maftir wasn't such a shub uh, I mean, we just said before, uh, you know, katan ole and all that. So it could be they needed to compensate the guy. So the, who the guy got the maftir, he got some other advantages. So maftir benavi who pores al shema, meaning they give him the hazanut also. He's the Azan for Amida. Who knows that? Kapavis Kohen. 
what, what does that mean? Everybody's a queen. And maybe they let him say it louder than the, the other people. They, they, everybody says it in a lower voice, and he says it louder. I mean, they give him the kavod. And uh, what else do they do over here? katan. Uh, and if the maftir was a katan, he, can, he cannot do these other things. He cannot be the hazan, no say the kaddish. So they, they give the kavod to his rabbi or his father. Katan koreba Torah. The katan can go up to the sefer Torah. And what? Umetargem. They can also read the metargem. But they don't press the shema. They don't avail of nothing. Because it's to be motzid rabim in the chumatam. And it's a katan. It's a chayav. They can be motzid rabim. They don't know say it kapav. So kavod sibur. That if the katan is the only kohen in the sibur, that he's going to be the one giving them the beracha. Do we need the beracha? This little minor. So it's not kavod sibur. Pochayah. What does that mean? Pochayah. The guy's he's barefoot. His legs are showing. Uh, you can be the Hazan for Shema. Anybody that never saw light when he was born blind, because he never had any hana'a from the light, therefore he cannot say, Okay, let's continue. Gemara. What's the reason why we said the Maftir gets all these advantages? He's the Azan, he's the Pores, he's the. The he's the one that tells that's what we understood. It's a repeat. It's a Yeah, Katan goes up. So therefore, they told me, you know what? We'll compensate you. We'll give you a. Uh, we'll give you, you know, extra stuff. What's the insuye? Hadavar bali de machloket. Ani maftir vatat tavol ufnat teva. Because the guy used to go up in front of the teva. Used to get paid. Used to pay him. So the guy says, oh, I get this uh, Ali over here, and then you get to be the uh, you get to be the Hazan, get all this money over here. So it's going to lead to uh, fighting in the shul. Okay. What's enough coming up between the reasons? My benayu. He came out the avid mechinam. If the Hazan doesn't get paid, so if you say it's a compensation, so you got to compensate the guy regardless. Give him kavod. But if you say it's going to get angry, I, I I went up for free. To the maftir, and this guy, uh, you pay him to be the hazan. So enough came in the place where they don't pay the hazan. So you don't pay the hazan. Good luck to him. Let him pray. No problem. katan. If he was a katan, they got the maftir. Abiv or abu avrim al yado. So give it to the father. We give it to his rabbi. If you say because it's going to come to fight with the shliach sibur, katan bad nitsuyehu. The katan doesn't fight. The katan is not going to make a fight over here. The so then, what do you have to compensate his father and his uh, rabbi? The katan is not a troublemaker. Ah, so it must be because it's kavod. 
What kavod? Katam bal kavodu? Katam bal kavod? Irkez bal kavod? So what's the inyan of here? Ela ika kavod abiv uchmod rabbo. Okay, what for the father and the rabbi? Oh, you give my son maftir? So therefore, you have to say that it's their kavod. Hakaname ika nitsuya abiv nitsuya rabbo. And they'll fight also. They're going to come along and say, hey, we get this free aliyah over here. Uh, they're going to get for reading the haftarah. And you invite this guy to be the hazan, you give him money. So therefore, they're going to do the fighting. Not the kata, they're going to do the fighting. We don't even understand this. Okay, pohayah, pores al-shema. Okay, the pohayah, this guy who no shoes on, is barefoot. He can read the shema, but he can't be the hazan. Kavot sibur. Ba'amina ula ba'arabaya. Katan pohayah. We said a gadol pochayach cannot read the Kiryat Torah because it's not kavod. Kavod Torah. What about a katan pochayach? What's the difference? Gadol pochayach is not kavod. Ah, it's like erva. Uh, his legs are showing. It's not a... By him, it's considered erva. Katan, eno musar. There's no erva by a katan. Interesting. A gadol that's musad is not the same as the guy who's an erva. is not showing over here. But it's a senior of siniut. So a gadol has a senior of siniut. So therefore we're mahmir on him. But a katan is no senior of siniut. A katan wears shorts. That make a difference over there. So therefore it could be it's okay. Or no, maybe maybe there's no difference over there. You're right, there's no erva over here. He's reading Shema. There's no erva, of course, he's reading Shema. It just means he's not Sanuwa. He's not Sanuwa. Sleeves, they didn't discuss. Sleeves, we'll have to see in the halakha. Short sleeves, above the elbow, we'll have to see. Here, here we're talking about uh, the, the, the shoes. Amale, netiv ilak arum. Which means you should have asked this, another question then. Forget about a katan without uh, shoes. If you tell me there's no ilvat tavar, let the katan get up there naked. So it was arum, my tamano, mishukavot sibur. Mishukavot sibur. Arum, you're not going to let the guy get up there. Why? It's like kavot sibur. I don't care, yes, ilvat, not ilvat. It's like Kavod. So, same thing over here. When it's without the shoes on, when it's with his legs showing, it's like Kavod. So, we're not going to make a difference between a Katapo Chayah and a Gadol Pochayah. Basically, they're saying it's a Kavod Sibur issue. If, if you say it's an Erva issue, so let him go up naked then. There's no Erva. Ela, you're never going to let him go up naked. Why? Because uh, Kavod Sibur. So, therefore, there's also not Kavod Sibur. We're going to get Katan. Bottom line, you don't stand up to be the Hazam with, uh, with, your, with, your, with your legs uncovered. So, may I put this on Shema? Okay, so make it read the Yotzer HaMeoro. Tanya. Am lo Rabbi Yehuda. So what did Rabbi Yehuda say? If he never saw Meorot in his life, he cannot say the Berkav Yotzer HaMeoro. So the Gabbana says, Dachim Tan Rabbi Yehuda, Arbet, Safu, Lidrosh, Bermerkaba. A lot of people wanted to learn the Maaseh Merkaba. Fedora Uotam, Mimehem. But they never saw, they never saw Maaseh Merkaba. But they learned it. That means you could understand something even without having to see it. So therefore the blind person can fathom light even though he never saw it. So therefore uh, he can understand the value of it. So why are you saying if he never saw me or not, he cannot say the Beragah? 
the people see me and as a result they save me from the thorns and the thistles and the uh, the puddles so therefore the same thing over here although the blind man himself cannot see but others can see him and if as a result they're able to help him so therefore it's an indirect but it's an nonetheless okay a Kohen that now we start to close the Brikat Kohen. Kohen that has on his hands Mumin. What is it Mumin? Blemishes. Lo Yisad Kapav. He cannot make Brikat Kohenim. You have to remember in those days they didn't cover their hands. Their hands were revealed. So uh, the people will start looking at his hands. You're not supposed to look at the Kohenim but they're going to look at him it's going to cause them to look it's going to take their mind off the Menaka. So if he has a Mum we don't want him to uh, make the Brikat Kohenim. Rabbi Yehuda Omer Afishu Yudav Sivu'ot Satis Red paint he got on his hand should not make brikat kwadi. For that any paint, lo yisaid kapa. Mepnei she'am mistakelim bo. Anything that's different causes you to look. People that things that are odd, your eyes are attracted to to look at, and you're not allowed to look at them because the shekinah is over there. And barmenan it says if you look at the kwanim enough kaot, and therefore don't kwanim that will cause others to look at them. They don't want him to look. So Yamanan says tana. Mumim she'amru. These mumim that we said. Bepanav, yadav, veragla. Because that's the parts of the body that are seen. Okay, but if it's a hidden uh, part over there where nobody can see it, so therefore, what's the problem? Let it go make brikat kohanim. Good. Well, again, today we don't have a problem because we have a talit. The old days didn't wear a talit, so therefore it was a problem. But they have the feet. Today we see the feet. Today we see the feet, we have to have socks on them. But in the olden days, they used to go up barefoot. So therefore, it's a problem. Freckles? White spots. Okay. Yeah, white white spots on his, uh, on his hands. No, he said, Kapav. Akumot? 
he has a deformity in his hands. They're bent. Or akushot. Bent to the side. No, he said kapav. Why? Again, it's going to cause the people to look. Amar Biasi. Hefani. Somebody from Haifa. Hefani. From Haifa. Or Baishani. Somebody from Betchean. Lo Yisad Kapav. Why? They don't pronounce the words right. And therefore, they cannot make Birkat Kwanim. Ha? That's right. Tanya Namiyache. Em Uridim Lufne Ateba. Lo Anche Betchean. Lo Anche Bet Haifa. Lo Anche Tibonim. Let me replace them. Bne. Shikorim de Alfin Ainin. Ul Ainin Alfin. They don't know how to pronounce an Aleph and an Ayin. They don't make a difference. And therefore, what? That she says, instead of Ya'ir, they're going to say Ya'ir Hashem That's a curse. So therefore, they're going to mess up the Tefila, they're going to mess up the Kwanim, Ya'ir. So therefore, Believe. I'm a Levi. Oh, famous story. I'm a Levi. He wasn't a Levi. He says, but if you were a Levi, if you had you been a Levi, you'd be pasul to sing in the Beit Hamikdash. Why? His voice is very, very deep. And Levim uh, have a deep voice, is Pasun. I guess he was a very, very low voice, it stood out. Ata Amarle Abu. So Rabbi Shimon comes to his father and tells him what he told him. She said, If I had told me if I was a Levi, I would be Pasun because of my low voice. So Amarle, so Rabbi tells Rabbi Shimon, Go tell him, Zil Emale. Go tell him that when he gets to the Pasuk, that we're anticipating the redemption, we're waiting for Hashem, that he's a blasphemer. Why? Because he doesn't know how to pronounce a chit. And instead of pronouncing the chit, he says, We're going to hit Hashem. It's funny, Gemara. Go tell him. He told you if you're a Levi, you'll be Pasul. Go yeah, tell him yeah. back when he gets to Ma'agid in Tashem. If he's not a Ma'alev, he'll get there. Wasn't it that when Mashiach comes, everyone's voices are going to be better? And be ah. Better. Which means right now, right now. Uh-huh. The way you are now, you're Pasul. Okay, that's a... Let's just finish the daf, and then we'll see some... Ama love you, Huna. Love you, Huna said... Zablagan. What is Zablagan? Somebody that has teary eyes. Lo yisad kapav. Why? People look at him. He's always teary. Vaod avav b'shibuteh d'ravuna. There was a guy in uh, the, the neighborhood of Ravuna. He was a Zablagan. Vava parishad. They made b'kach kohanim. Vaod ashbeiro avad. They were used to him already. They were used to the guy. Everybody knew the guy. Right? Nobody looked at him. Tanya na so it sounds like not only in this Quran, all the things that we said above, everybody's used to the guy. The guy's white spots. They know the guy in the shul already for 30 days. He's there. Everybody doesn't even pay attention. 
Blind man in one eye. Again, because they look at him. There was a blind man in one eye that they made the category. It's a painter's painter's village. They all all their hands have paint on them, so it's not a it's not a hadush to anybody. The guy has clean hands. They look at the guy has paint on the hands. Not a not a not a it's not an anomaly. So therefore, it's okay. Okay. One more mishnah. Ha omer, a guy comes along and says, "Any omer if not teva b'tzivuin." Guy says, "Listen, he's wearing uh, colored clothes. He says, I cannot be the hazan today. I will not go up because I'm wearing colored clothes." This guy would not even let him go up to be the hazan, even with white clothes, because behoshesh, the guy's got funny deot over here. <laughs> <laughs> because that was like the way of the Abu Dazara. We'll see in the Gemara exactly. He says, I'm not going to be the Hazak because I'm wearing shoes. They don't let him go up even without shoes. We'll see. The guy makes his tefillin shalosh. Instead of square, he makes it round. Look like an egg. Like a nut. Sakana. Ah, Sakana. Why? Because I guess when it's square, it lies flat. If it's round and he bumps his head, go in. Easy to penetrate. So it's a sakana. And therefore, since it's a sakana, and you're ba the end ba mitzvah. Because it's sakana, because it's not square. Because it has to be square, look out. Tell you two things. Number one, it's a kana. Anyway, you're not even fulfilling the because why? Halakhamashim has to be square. Netana al mitzpo. This is yesterday's subject with these guys. The guy put the tefillin on his forehead. Instead of putting it, you know, in the high place where he's supposed to put it, where's the tefillin bin Ainecha? Exactly, puts it on his forehead. Oh, al pasiado. Or he puts it on his palm. And it's a derech minut. These guys explain the pesukim very literal. Ben Enecha, they put it over here, Ben Enecha. Al Yadecha, they put it on their palm. Tzipan, Zahav. Gold plated. He wants to make them pretty. So he plates the tefillin. Untana al bet unkelishido. Or he places it on his sleeve. He doesn't place it on his arm. He places it on Ben Unkeli. He places it on his sleeve. Areze derech haitsonim. These guys do whatever they want. They don't follow Rachamim. It says, Lamanti Yitro Hashem Beficha. They really have to be written on something that's permissible to eat from a kosher animal. The, the hide of a kosher animal. Gold. Gold is not the hide of a kosher animal. And it says, Ve'ya lecha le'ot. Wila necha ve'lo la'achirim. These guys don't care. They put it on their on the sleeves so everybody can see it. Okay. Gemara. Ba'ita ama. Guy comes along and says, Listen, I'm wearing a black shirt today. I don't want to be the Hazan. Now we won't even let him be a Hazan if he's wearing a white shirt. Why? Because that was the derech of the Minim. They were Makpid on these things. 
not to pray, wearing colored and things like that. So that's already a, <coughs> it's a red flag. When a guy starts talking like that, you know he's got problems. That's the sewing of them. Which means, first of all, when you're sewing the tefillin, you have to make sure that you don't pull the tefillin to the stitching too much, because it'll cause to pull the box, and then you lose the the squareness. And that which we said has to be a square, it's got to be a perfect square. What does it mean by al-Sonan? Well, it's diagonal. Exactly. So whatever the square is, one, 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 the diagonal is one and two fifths. Right? Pythagorean theorem. And therefore, by al-Sonan, say you measure a perfect square. By al-Sonan, that uh, has to be according to the regular uh, square. Okay. So what do you see over here? Round is no good. Amara papa. Manitin da avida ki amguza. So forget about sakana. Uh, it has to be square because it has to be square. So therefore, what's the question of the Gemara over here? Rashi. Look at Rashi. No, there's no Rashi over here, but there's an implied question over here. What's the implied question over here? So I guess why didn't the why didn't the Mishnah why didn't the Brayta mention the Sakana issue? Our Mishnah mentioned it's Sakana. Here we're just saying it has to be Merubaot. Let's see the answer first. Amara Papa ki amguza. Amishnah is that why you made it round like a like a nut. And that the whole thing is round. Uh, which means the whole thing is round. Then everybody it's a sakana. Agulot kegos. Aval agula kabetza vekadasha shapirdame. Velot sayale braita. Mimatniti. Uh, what is this Gemara I want? What is this Gemara I want? Le'ah. Let's go back. We forgot one word. Which means that which we learned in our Mishnah is actually a Braita. Why? The Braita also says it has to be square. And it has to be a perfect square. And then our Mishnah said that also. So therefore you see what? Uh, we have a tanina, uh, we have a uh, uh, that which we learned in the Mishnah is like the Braita. But says, no, our Mishnah is talking about where you made it like an amguza, like an egos, that where it's sitting on the head, it's also round. And that case over there, there's a sakana that's going to go into his head. However, it's possible that if a tefillin, let's say, is like a, a lentil, different type of roundness, flat. Right. Or like, uh, uh, we, 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 could be it's okay. So you have no ra'ayah from our Mishnah that you need square. You just know in our Mishnah that it can't be round. So our Mishnah just said round that's sakana. Good, and if it's round that's not sakana, 
like around length to length, it's flat, to be it's okay. You thought that the Brayta and the Mishnah are saying the same thing. They're not saying the same thing. The Mishnah was dealing with a, a round tefillin because of Sakana. And if you can make a type of round tefillin that's not a Sakana, the Mishnah would say it's okay, even though it's not square. No, it's got to be square with the Al-Aqsod and everything. Okay, so the Mishnah says a lesson that everybody knows already. The Mishnah says, Be careful of politics and politicians and government. Why? They only bring a person close for their own benefit. They use the person. They look like they like you. When they can get a vote. However, But when when you need him, they're never there to be found. Very simple. Maybe you get up, pick up the phone. Before the elections, the president goes and speaks in front of uh, the Jewish people. And he says, we love Israel, and we're the biggest supporter of Israel. And he goes to APAC and makes a, a great speech. And everybody says, wow, you know, some this guy, he's a good president. We're going to vote for him. We never heard a speech like this before. And he tells them exactly what they want to hear. Why? Because he needs the people at that point. So, where he can receive a hana'ah, which is a vote in this case. They'll say anything to get elected. And then once he gets elected, now he says, I have four years to, to, to worry about the vote. So therefore, for the first three years, he does whatever he wants. Which we, now we need him. Now he says, what do I, I'm sorry, I cannot help you. So therefore, the Mishnah is reminding you the nature of, of government. There's a... Uh, uh, Sometimes uh, people uh, that they go into politics. I asked one, a politician once, a very very prominent Jewish politician. He's in the Senate for many years. Chuck Schumer. I'm not saying any oh. names, but uh, I asked him. I said, "Why don't you Why don't you do something for Jonathan Pollard? The guy's in jail for. You're a Jew. He's a Jew. You're. Uh, I'm working on it. What are you working on? You've been in the Senate for thirty years. What are you working on it? No, you'll see. Uh, uh, I can't do it now. I have to do it. In a... He doesn't care about Poland because politically for him, it doesn't help his, uh, his, his unpopular in the Senate. It's not on his agenda. It's not his agenda, but you're Jewish. So therefore, if he's not taking care of the Jewish issues. You're taking care of issues that promote promote him. Popular. But what? He came to collect money from us. So he came to collect money from us. So therefore, what? Then you ask him for something. That's the nature of politics. So he's saying anybody that gets involved in politics, in Jewish politics, you cannot forget the goal. The goal is to help Am Yisrael. Uh, not to make yourself uh, popular, make yourself rich, and all that. He says, if not, then the government's going to get you. Which means you're going to be a victim of that same 
government you went into to help the Jewish people you forgot your uh, 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 you forgot your calling wow. that same government is going to get you one day right there's two voices that come out of Gehinnam and the two voices say, bring, bring. Have, have. So the Gebarah says, bring who? Isn't Banot woman? Shte Banot, it's a mashal. But there's two voices that come out of Gehinnam that they're calling, bring me the customers, bring me the customers. Bring, bring, bring. So the Gebarah says, who are they talking about? Minut Vareshut. People that are involved in government, politicians. Why? Because they're lying. And they, 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 don't, uh, they don't tell the truth. They're not honest. Somebody asked the question, why don't, if politicians are liars, by nature they lie, they lie to your face. So that's their job. So why don't they call them liars? Why do they call them politicians? Says so if they call them lies, that would be the truth. <laughs> Even the name is, uh, is, is a lie. Ralkin. They faulted Mordechai for a different reason. Because he, he, was, he was taking care of Am Yisrael. They faulted him, the Sanhedrin, that after the miracle was over, after the miracle was over, that means Haman's Gezerah was ripped up, Haman and his ten sons were hung, the Jews were saved, they celebrated Purim, it says Mordechai went back to become... Because he saw the results of He didn't need anything, we weren't in danger anymore. So the rabbis felt, we're not in danger, go back to learn. He felt, Mordechai, hey, this king over here is a flaky guy. Today he's fickle. Today, like the Jews tomorrow, he'll, he'll hate us. So I got to be close to him. So that was the whole mahalok. On a safek pikuah nefesh after the event, is it better to go back to learn, and the learning will protect us, or is it better to get involved just to keep the guy in check? Mordechai held, uh, keep the guy in check. Then Abanim held, Rav Zaro, Rav Zaro, Vedo Kol Zaro. Bediuk. That he needed to be a, he needed a voice. Bediuk, Bediuk. Benish Hai came to him. Benish Hai came to him in a dream. But that was. Benish Hai came to him in a dream. And, uh, yeah. Benish Hai came to him in a dream. And, uh, right. He tells the story He was questioning himself. She'd have got involved in the politics. It's taking away from the Limud. It's taking away from his writing. So the Benish Hai came to him in a dream and told him. Do both. You're giving God a lot of nahatruah with your writings, but you're also giving Him a lot of nahatruah with your involvement in the uh, government, bringing the people back to Teshuvah. So do both. So he's, and he told the story uh, in public. So over here he's saying that Gainam is waiting for these fake politicians to come along and swallow them up. it says, said three things. Number one, Go to work. <coughs> no matter what the work is. The Gemara says, kahana even if the only job is to skin animals in the market. And don't say, I'm a Kohen, it's not, uh, it's not proper for me. If that's the only job that they have, is to go do this, to take out the garbage, and they're going to pay you, don't, don't be so proud when it comes to jobs. 
if the job is available, take it. The person says, well, I'm going to go now, what, flip hamburgers? Uh, no, this is uh, not mechubat for me over here. I'm a hashuv guy. <laughs> if there's a better job, no problem. If there's not the job, that's the job. They hope it's the Usnat Rabbanut. Rabbanut means you should shy away from uh, positions of power. Uh, positions of power is only headaches. But the part that he wants to bring over here is the altet padala reshut. Don't get close to the government. There's two interpretations over here. Number one is uh, there's some people they think. That if they get friendly with politicians, they get friendly with government, and they get, oh, no, all these people over there, they're going to they're gonna have an advantage. But what ends up happening sometimes? Now, the government has this guy on the radar. <laughs> <laughs> now, they're being nice to him. Well, all of a sudden, when things don't go right, they know everything about the guy, because the guy's uh, connected to everybody. And then when they come down, they go after him. Now, the, the, the Democrats are running. And then the Republicans come after the guy. Would you get involved in the Ma'loka now for? Now they're going to come after you. So therefore, don't get too close to the, to, 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 to the politicians. This includes, by the way, the newspapers. What do you have to get involved with the newspapers for? Somebody comes and asks you for an interview. No, no, we want to write something good. Today you're going to write something good. And then tomorrow, what are you going to do? Am I going to write something bad? I don't, I don't need you to promote me. I'll, I'll do my own uh, uh, work. Some people do for publicity, for business purposes. For sure. No, I'm not talking about a commercial. I know where people, I'll where they come, the they came here once, they, they, they came uh, here to, 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 in Brooklyn, they came to the shul, uh, a, a guy. We want to write an article about your synagogue. Do me a favor. Do me a favor. Do not write anything about the synagogue. No, it's, it's for your benefit. Did I, did I ask you for my benefit? Did I ask you to give me a benefit? I said, were you here when we started the synagogue? Did I need you to help me start the synagogue? We started it without you, we'll continue with it without you. Are you going to write me an article now? I'm not interested. No, it's going to publicize you. I don't, need, I don't want to publicize. He said, but if I do, I said, if you do it, I'm Macbeth, I'm going to call my lawyer, I'm going to sue you if you put my name in the... He couldn't understand, we'll give you free kavod. I'm asking you for kavod, I want kavod in a newspaper. Tusk, newspaper is not kavod. Newspaper is trouble. Trouble, even if it's good. Even if it's good. Now what he says over here. They make you, they can break you. They do. They're saying once a person gets close to government, he's not going to be l'shem shamayim anymore. He's going to do things. So we just think for a second. Ask yourself a question. You have a senator. The senator is a businessman. He's making. Half a million dollars a year. Why would he leave a job that makes half a million dollars a year to take a job that makes one hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year? And what's the explanation? He's making more than one hundred fifty thousand dollars a year. What is he? I want simple math. The guy's making half a million. He's a businessman. And you know what? I want to become a senator. He wins. Now he can't do his job anymore. Now they give him a salary, one fifty a year. But he made a hajbun already with all the side and the hadushim and the perks and the plane and the. And the so the guy's making two million dollars a year. So what happened to the Shem Shamayim? Now he already he did it for the for, for the monetary benefit. So that's what he's saying over here. Ki kevar yadano anyan doega domi afalpi shamelik hashir karav elav yam mashiach hashem navi yasiba shem mitkalger davav nergush shonim ba'amisha koanim nosim efod bad. 
וגם נוב עיר הכהנים מעודד ועד יונק. ועל חטא זה נתלו אחר כך שבעה מבני שאול ונתלה דואג מן העולם הזה מן העולם הבא. Which means דואג was the advisor of the king. He got in trouble from this. Right? He was the advisor of Shaul. So Doeg felt that David is a threat against Shaul. So Doeg is keep on telling Shaul, you got to be careful this guy, David. David is going to take your job. He's going to take your position. Shaul was a tzaddik. He didn't pay attention. All of a sudden, one day, David is in the city of Nov. He was hungry. He was starving. Bulmos, exactly. Bulmos was going to starve to death. So what happened? The Kohanim came out and they fed him the lechem apanim. The actual breads that were on the, <laughs> the table. They said, Pikuah Nefesh. Pikuah Nefesh, you can feed him anything he wants. So, and they gave David life. The Weg sees this. The Weg goes back to Shaul and says, uh, You see what's going on over here? These guys in uh, Nov, the Kohanim, they are conspiring with David. Against the king. Against the king. No, that wasn't the case. They were giving David uh, like any other Jew. And they killed That's him. starving. So what did he He worked on Shaul. He worked on Shaul. And Shaul made an order, go kill the city of Nov Eid HaKohanim, 85 Kohanim. What's his premise to kill them? Anyway, the Gemara says, because of that advice, Doeg lost his ulama ba. If he wasn't involved in politics, none of this would have happened. If Doeg would have stayed a rabbi in the Bet Midrash and learned, instead of getting involved in this uh, triangle over here between David and Shaul, and, uh, he consumed them. What ended up happening? They got into trouble. So I say, don't get involved in, uh, in, 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 in these politics over here. There's a famous, there's a famous uh, Gemara. The Gemara says, the Gemara says, when Rabbi Hanan ben Zakai was on his deathbed. Rabbi Hanan was on his deathbed, and then, so he was crying. So the students uh, say, uh, Rabbi, you're the, the light of Israel. What are you crying for? So he says, I see two roads in front of me, and I don't know which road they're going to bring me down. One road is Ganaiden, and one road is Gehinnam. So all the rabbis ask, what, the Anand doesn't know which road they're going to... If he doesn't know which road, then nobody knows which road over here. Anand was the chief rabbi of Israel. He was the Gadol Ador. How could it be that Abu Hanan ben Zakai was not sure which road they were going to bring him down? So the Mefarshim say, because Rabbi Hanan ben Zakai was in politics, <coughs> chief rabbi at the time was a political position as well. And what happened? Uh, he once had a meeting with the Caesar. We're going to read it tomorrow in Shabbat the story. What happened? Rabbi Yohanan ben Zakai was the chief rabbi. His opinion was that they should surrender to the, to the Romans. He felt if he surrendered Jerusalem to the Romans, it'll be better off. Less bloodshed. Maybe they won't destroy the Beit HaMikdash. He wanted to make peace with them. I'm giving up land. Because he, read, he saw that the Jews were not going to be able to beat them. So might as well surrender and we'll cut our losses. There was a group of rebels, Jewish rebels, called Biryonim. The Biryonim felt no. The Jewish might... We're going to fight. And uh, so there was a mahluk between Rabbi Yohanan and the Biryonim. So what happened? The Biryonim forced the war. Rabbi Yohanan said, listen, there's no reason to make trouble. We have enough food in the city to last us for 21 years. 
Not a lot of storage, not a lot of food. Right? So therefore, the Romans were on the outside, the Jews were on the inside, they have enough food for, for, for a long time. So even if the Romans are making a blockade against Jerusalem, eh, we could survive. We don't have to rush. What happened? The Biryonim came along, they burnt all the food. They burnt all the food, now people have to go out. So they forced a confrontation between the Jews and the, and the Romans. Anyway, Rabbi Hanan was very upset at this. So he made a, 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 a system. He made believe he died. They put him in a grave, in a tombstone, in a, in a coffin, and they carried him outside the city. When he carried him outside the city, they took him straight to the Caesar, Aspasianus. They got to Aspasianus, he told them, peace be unto the Caesar, I'm not the Caesar. Sure enough, that moment they made him the Caesar. Anyway, he says, you gave me good news, ask me for anything you want. Three wishes. So he said, listen, we have a rabbi to beat Sadok, he's sick. Bring us medicine and doctors. Okay. Medical treatment for the Bitsatok. What else you want? So we have the Bangam Li'el's family. It's a very prestigious family. It's the family of David Amelech. This is a very, very uh, royal family. Give them security. Give them passports. You got it. What else you want? So he says, we have a yeshiva, a little kolel in Yavne. Don't destroy Yavne. Give us Yavne v'hachamia. No problem. Yavne v'hachamia. So what happens, the Gemara says, eh, he didn't ask him the main item. Why didn't he ask him not to destroy the Beit HaMikdash? So Rabbi Hanan felt that that was already a foregone conclusion. If he would have asked him for that, he wouldn't have given it to him, and he wouldn't have given him anything, maybe. So therefore, he asked him other things. Uh, right, right. So that was a decision of Rabbi Hanan. You know what type of decision that is? That decision affects... Now, how do you know if he's right or wrong? How do you know if you're right or wrong in that? Person? You had a chance to ask the, the king to anything. Now, let's say with a Thomason, not to show the Beit Hamikdash, and the king would have said, "You got it." Who knows what, what the outcome would have been if there still would have been a Beit Hamikdash? We still could have brought Korbanot. But he took this decision on his shoulders, on his, soul, on his shoulders, not to ask for that. Now, you never know if that's a right decision until. You know, Olama Emet, they'll tell you, you were right or wrong. So he says, I see two rows in front of me. One of them got and one again now. He was referring back to that decision that he had to make for Klai Israel. He says, I was Lashem Shamaim. But maybe in, uh, they're going to tell me, what's that, Shah? Because, like this. Did he make the right decision? Of course, but l- listen to what he was worried about. Why, why did he second guess his decision? <laughs> Saying his decision, because you never know when you're making decisions. What's driving you to make the decision? What's what's forcing you to make a decision? It could be something deep, deep down in your heart, which is not the Shem Shamaim, is really what's what's forcing you. But you don't you don't see it on the surface. There was a great rabbi called Abinu Bahya. He wrote the book called Chovot Alevavot. In the introduction to the Chovot Alevavot, he writes, "In the beginning, I didn't want to write the book." I, wasn't, I said I wasn't worthy. I'm not a big tzaddik to write such a book. It's a very deep book. And I said to myself, there's better people than me, and they'll write the book. He said, but then I reanalyzed myself, and I said, maybe that really it's laziness that's talking over here. He said, I was giving the excuse, I'm not worthy. I thought it was humility that was pushing me. 
But when I second and I thought it again, I saw that really it wasn't humility. It's just I was lazy to do the book. And therefore I said to myself, if it's laziness, I have to do it. So you see, a lot of times the tzaddikim always have to reanalyze really what's pushing me over here. What's driving me to do this over here? Is it a good motive or is it a, is a bad motive? So now what happened? <coughs> the Biryonim, the Biryonim, what was their opinion? The Biryonim's opinion was... Go fight. Let's go fight. Let's go fight. So now... And the Biryonim's opinion is what? We're better off just being peace. Could be what was... Deep, deep down in the Hanan when he told, didn't ask for the Beit Hamikdash, because he wanted to show that the Biryonim were wrong. You see, you fought. If he would have said, "Keep the Beit Hamikdash alive," so therefore, it could be the Biryonim could come after and see, oh, we didn't lose the Beit Hamikdash. So he was questioning himself. He said, "Why did I say it? Did I say it because it was the right thing not to ask for the Beit Hamikdash?" Or maybe there was something deep in my heart that this was my chance to show that look, Biryonim, you fought? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where's the Beit HaMikdash as a result? You said you guys said we can fight, we're going to get the Beit HaMikdash. Now look. So he says, I see two roads in front of me and I'm not sure which road over here they're going to take me on. Now again, why am I giving you this story? So you see people that are involved in politics, although this is good politics for Am Yisrael, but those decision makers they have a lot of responsibility and therefore the Mishnah said Shemaya said don't get involved in that it's a, you, you're taking a big responsibility, of course there's a big reward also but you're rolling dice if you don't have to get involved in, in government don't get involved because could be you make a wrong decision, your decision affects the entire of Klai Yisrael and we're going to have a, 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 a something to something on your head. There were some uh, uh, politicians, even Jewish politicians. They sold the Jewish people down the drain. Yeah, when they came to Israel and things like that, because of their own political agendas. So look what they did. They put the whole army sale in, in jeopardy. If we make a decision, who does that decision affect? Our family. Yeah, it affects a couple of people, but these people that are in government, their decisions affect. Whole people. So the Gemara, the Mishnah advises you, it's a big test. Stay away. And even Aban Yohanan ben Zakkai, who was the greatest rabbi of Israel, and he had no choice to be involved in it, he was questioning if his motives were... Now, of course, we believe his motives were correct, but I was trying to get added. But he's saying himself, I don't know if my decisions that I made throughout my life with the king and Fahm Yisrael were 100% uh, Shem Shamayim. So if Aban Yohanan second-guessing himself, what it was a regular people going to say? Now that's in a that's in a in a government position. But even when it comes to running community organizations, like I said yesterday, that the people that are running the organizations they have to make sure that they're the shamayim because they're affecting the whole community, they're affecting the whole simbu, they're affecting the whole. Uh, so they can't make decisions based on kavod and personal. The guy's angry at somebody. Today we had once in in uh, in Sharesiyon once they had a committee at the time. And the committee voted to bring in a certain rabbi. The government started giving shorty. And they brought him. He came into the terrace. He started giving shorty. Meanwhile, this, this guy was teaching in a conservative school. 
He was teaching in a school of conservative. So he's okay, big deal. He's teaching there. He wants to make panasai. He's not conservative. He's teaching there. Fine. Rabbi Hecht, Allah Shalom, sent a question to Moshe Feinstein. Oh, yeah. If a man is teaching in a conservative school, is he allowed to give shi'urim in the Bet Knesset? Moshe Feinstein said, absolutely not. But why would he give in the conservative? It must mean he has some tendencies uh, of conservative. He wrote him a long teshuvah, it wasn't so long, a paragraph, whatever it is, a sur. They asked the same question to Acham Avadja. They all wrote in Yabiya Omer, and he told him, I think Yosef asked him that question, Acham Yosef Raful, asked the question to Acham Avadja, and he also answered very, very clear, a sur. But what? The committee had an agenda. The committee came and they said, you know what? We're bringing him. And this guy over here was a funny guy. He said a lot of things that were against the halakha. He told a lady in Seattle once, you don't have to go to the big you can go to the bathtub. Uh-huh. This type of stuff. <clears throat> okay, fine. So what happened? Khamaru went crazy. This was Khamaru's fight. Khamaru said that this is probably the reason why Hashim brought him to America. This is the only reason he brought yes. him here. He says, this is the reason. Wow. To save the community from this, because he was a very good speaker, very, you know, they liked him. Uh, they liked him. Oh. You know, he was a very, very brilliant guy, and uh, he was getting them. Oh. And he's in the shul. Jesus. And everybody's going to the shi'urim, and he's corrupting their brains with all sorts of uh, ideas, wow. not traditional. So Acham Baruch fought it, and it was a fight every every Motzei Shabbat. We used to go to the terrace room downstairs, and Acham Baruch used to give shi'urim. Every Saturday night in Shalisiyon, during Seudah Shilishit, what was the Seudah Shilishit in the Shalisiyon? They used to give sponge cake and bananas. That was the Seudah Shilishit. Kak and the same, for a hundred years, the same thing. Until now? No, they have in the back. James used to come out with the trays. He came out with the trays, they put them on the table, and they ate them. He's still there, James. Nah, still there. So now what happens? So what happens was, and then 30 people, only 30 people, would go downstairs and a chamerik would give shiur <coughs> in the terrace room. Now all of a sudden, there's a thousand people. Thirty people and the regulars. I used to be a regular. Uh, Ike Franco, the uncle of uh, Saul Franco, was a regular. Milton Shalom, Sonny Shalom, was a regular. And everybody had the same seats. It was only thirty guys. The terrace room was small at the time, and the rabbi would sit with a homash and he would give the rash for twenty-five minutes, and then he would pray arbit, right down and we would make havdalah with the rabbi. We had our own minyan for Arbit. This is what they did. So now, all of a sudden, the week that they brought this rabbi into the shul, Ham Baruch, uh, and that shiur, he started to speak against the committee. He started to speak against this rabbi. Also, the word, the news in Shari Sohimah, Ham Baruch is talking. All of a sudden, you couldn't get a seat in the room now. (laughs) Now, all of a sudden, the Shi'ud, 500 people came the week after. Then, remember, they had to open up the the partition. They They had to open up the partition, and now became a big thing. Al-Khabaruk fought and fought and fought and fought. And eventually, it was a big fight. It was not easy. The committee, the Azdan, the rabbi, the committee got up. They said, the rabbi is fighting with us. No problem. They took a vote. We're deducting his salary. Wow. Imagine that, deducting the rabbi's salary. They minded, they cut him $5,000. We didn't care. He's our fight to, to, to the end. Eventually, he succeeded. But you see what? These guys in the committee, they're playing with fire. 
you're going to take a responsibility on your shoulders. The rabbi tells you don't do it. And you're bringing the guy in. So what happened? Uh, he left Sharesiyon. Uh, One time Rabbi Hector, Allah Shalom, he was on the radio. He was on a radio show. On a radio station, Jewish radio station. Rabbi Hector, Allah Shalom, he joined the committee for this decision. He joined them. He said he made Teshubah. He made Teshubah, what Teshubah? So I called the radio station. <laughs> I made myself have a different voice. I said, This is uh, Saul from the Bronx. Oh, Saul, what's your question? I said, Rabbi Hector, uh, I hear a lot about you. Are you a great rabbi? Oh, thank you, Saul. <laughs> Buttering him up. I said, uh, uh, Isn't it true? Uh, you had, they were talking about on the radio about having to give the Hatanim tests, uh, uh, blood tests before they get married. AIDS testing. Not AIDS testing. AIDS was very strong at the time. So Rebecca was pushing in the 80s that every Hatan that gets married, you have to have AIDS testing. Oh, it's a good idea, not a good idea. That's what he's talking about. So I said, It's very noble that you're so concerned about testing the Hatanim to see if they have AIDS. But why are you so concerned testing the rabbis that are teaching in your shul? Oh. So all of a sudden he tell the host, cut him off, cut him off. <laughs> cut him off. So okay, Saul from the Rocks, thank you for your comment. <laughs> so now I, I went to Shereshio the next day. I went to Shereshio the next day. So uh, I prayed with, I, I used to pray 8.15 upstairs in the Midrash. He's have 8.15 minya. I don't know if they still have the 8.15. 8 o'clock now. 8 o'clock now? It used to be 8... No, it was 8 o'clock. 8 o'clock. But it was 8.15. 8 o'clock was upstairs in the, the Midrash. Probably 8.15, the Bronx is a very long trip. <laughs> so now Rabbi Hector used to pray that <laughs> So I walk in, say, Good morning, Rabbi. Saul from the Bronx. He looks at me, you fresh kid. <laughs> Young day, we were, we were kind of naive in the olden days. But the guy bring it. My Rabbi was against it. Chambaruk was against it. So we're going to battle him for, 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 for bringing him. Anyway, he spoke, he spoke, he spoke. He left. They got him out. He, he won the war. So the people were, were wise guys. They said, yeah, you throw him out? Good. We're going to open up a shul for him. Oh they went to open up a shul for him. They opened up a shul for him. And uh, every yes. They're going to make up a shul for him. So they, oh, they went, they went. All the Hashubim, they went there with the rabbi. They're going to show. They're going to show that... This guy's a uh, good guy. Ambaru said, Allah ma'on. You want to go? Take him over there. He was upset, but at least he got him away from the mother shul. The mother shul, Sharesiyon. He got him away from there. He goes somewhere else. But it didn't last too long. A couple of months they threw him out. A couple of months without. He got into a fight. He didn't keep his contract. He got into a fight with one of the committee members. This old man. Old man Azid, he came and he, he almost hit him. He was a wild guy, he was a wild guy, he had a temper, he was a this and that. Anyway, what ended up happening, Baruch Hashem, he left us alone. Okay, but uh, he comes around once in a while. But Baruch saved him from the... Now, why, why am I telling you this story? Why am I telling you this story? Because here you have a committee that's, that's given a job to preserve the tradition of the community. But for politics and for whatever reason, they're bringing these guys in. If, if Khamaru didn't fight it, then these guys, Hashem Shalom, would have destroyed the whole... Uh, conservative. The, community. the community could have went at that time 
to a very, very, very bad place. And he was in the he was in the in the, in the Shari Sion. So that's exactly the Anyan over here. Like, you shouldn't walk away like, not to get involved and help me but you should do it you have to be very careful that's all he's saying be very careful better, better, better to do something else if you don't have a burning desire to do it better to say I'm not going to get involved it's a, it's, he's saying it's not, a, it's not an easy job one more paragraph oh, Whoever's able to see, we'll see. This is all different paragraphs. Uh-huh. A person should run away from Averot. Forget about the punishment. We know there's a punishment for every sin. Even without the punishment, the person should run away from sin. The Avera itself, most of them are disgusting anyway. Forget about the sin. A uh, guy tells you, uh, why don't you eat cockroaches? Uh, because I'm, I'm worried about Gehinnam. Uh, that's why you don't eat cockroaches? Uh, I, don't, I don't eat Gehinnam for that. I don't eat cockroaches because it's disgusting. There's a drink, here's a glass of blood. What type of it? Type O blood. Type O blood. You want ice? I don't drink blood. Why don't you drink blood? I don't want to go to Gehinnam. What's Gehinnam? You, you, know, you, you need to get to Gehinnam for that? You're not drinking because it's a. Uh, Who's gonna, so you have to look at every Avirah like that. All the Avirot, they themselves are Ma'us. He says here, Even if Torah didn't command it, you would be doing it anyway. Any wise person, which means logically you go back down to, a, to an idol what's the logic it doesn't make any sense so forget about because Avodah Zarah is punishable by Karet even without that what are you doing? Where's your brains? They have ears, they don't hear. They have nose, they can't smell. They have eyes, they... So, and you're bowing out to this thing over here? How, how could you bow down? You go to the guy in, uh, in uh, China, he bows down to the Buddha. Uh, this is he's rubbing the the belly button of the Buddha. Uh, you look on the bottom of the Buddha. What does it say? Made in China. Yeah. You made the item. You made the item. Now you're bowing. Forget about. Why don't you bow down? Uh, because I don't want to go to Vietnam. Forget about Vietnam. It's it's your hamor. What, 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 common sense. The nation that follows the truth, like it says, there was a lady. Rabbi Hanina used to walk. And she was like a witchcraft. She was a witch. So she wanted to take the sand underneath the legs of uh, Hanina to do some hibijibi on them. Amarla imstaid zili avidi en od melevado keti. So he came along and said, 
you could try all you want, you're not going to succeed. Why? In Odman Lebado. I believe in a Kadosh Baruch Hu, and therefore all your uh, witchcraft not going to work on me. There is a power of witchcraft. There's nothing to talk about. Hashem gave that power in order to trick the people to think that it's something. But it's really cannot damage those people that have perfect emunah. The witchcraft cannot bother. But those people that are not have, don't have perfect emunah, so they fall into it. Oh yeah, the guy, he read my future, he looked at the cards, he knew it. But this is coming from the, the Strahara. Vakin Amru. De kapid kaptile. De lo kapid la kaptile. Nereesh de elbo. Which is, if you believe in it, they can get you. But if you come along and say, the fact that you just go like this, it can have no effect on you. Only if you makpid. Meaning you, you give it credence. <clears throat> you give it credence, so you you brought yourself into the trouble. You built it up because you, you believed in it, not going to harm you. But if you come along and say, whatever it is to you, whatever, it would tell me this garbage over here, then already cannot go on such a guy. So it would be, Ali Rabbinus, I was saying, what are you talking about? Play with the things over here. The other day I was in Brooklyn. I had to go to the tailor. So I walk into the tailor. So some guy walks in, the guy looks like a Zulu. From Haiti, guy comes in with all the, the, the what do you call dreadlocks and the Haiti and the thing, Jamaican. wearing a suit with a tie and everything. He tells the uh, he tells the tailor, "You have any pins? Uh, I tell you to borrow a pin. Pin? I'm watching the pin. Okay, give me that. So the guy's giving. He's a Tamim guy, the tailor. He's really a Jewish guy, a Parsi guy. He says, "Yeah." He gives him the pin. The guy takes out a doll. Wow. Oh yeah, the voodoo. <laughs> this is a voodoo doll. This is a. The guy doesn't realize all day long he's <laughs> he's giving him the pins and meanwhile Haitian guy throw him out of his Abu Dazara. The guy had a doll. I didn't know what I didn't see what the doll looked like. Who was he trying to? He's borrowing the pin and he starts to like you see in the movies. The guy's spinning the, the doll over there. What does it mean? Those people that are tamim, they have faith in a Kadosh Baruch They go with God, none of this stuff is able to get them. Rabbi Yoshia Omer, Which means they don't go after witchcraft and future. The person was tamim to him, just believe in God and go straight. Achim Yosef Raful, he went to a rabbi. Well, a rabbi came to him. He was getting on a plane. The rabbi told him, don't go on the plane. The plane's going to get hijacked. He told him, the plane's going to get hijacked. They got hijacked. He said, if he told me again, I would still have to go on the plane. Don't tell me it's going to happen or that. I'm making an avom, I'm going on a plane. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. I was going to say whatever it is. But he, 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 he said it. These are tzaddikim. They don't, they don't get... Huh? How's it Gedalia? He heard the story of uh, someone wanted to kill him and he didn't take the precaution. Fine. Uh, so could, could be his right. Could be his right. Could be his right. He went. He got. 
So didn't he do the wrong thing? No. no. He's following Hashem. He's following a Tamim. Tamim is uncle. So every time some... some uh, listen to that, the next time God's going to tell you. Some magician comes to you and tells you, uh, don't walk down that street. We don't want a future. We follow follow Hashem. Tamim Tim. What do you mean? If it's a mitzvah, mitzvah, abira, abira. If it's not a mitzvah, not abira. You're allowed to do it. Amar Bilevi. Kola menachesh. Lo nahash lemar ki lo nahash be Yaakov. Nahash is a snake, no? No, but nahash in this case means witchcraft. Vado be lamid alef ketiv. It says lo nahash, but we read it lo with a lamid vav, which means elamida keneged mida. Somebody that goes after it, they'll have a power on him. Ki lo nahash, he'll be affected by the nahash. Tani avad bered Rav Yisera. Kol adam sheino menahash. That's a big thing. If you don't go after this stuff, there's some people, there's all oh, today, rabbis, bad luck. Friday the 13th. What Friday the 13th? Don't go under the ladder. Don't go, uh, they see a black cat, walk by them. Oh, black cat. Seven years of bad luck. There's a mirror in the house that has a crack in it. Oh, the mirror crack. He's all nihush. Uh, you believe it, it has power. Yeah, but don't give it exactly. Don't don't let it don't let it affect you. This is uh, this is called menahesh. Uh, You're giving uh, credence to there's certain times of the year. There's certain uh, things that happen and uh, so on and so forth. There's a uh, uh, custom by the goyim. They don't put the 13th floor in a building. Oh, many buildings. Yeah. They skip. They skip. 12, 14. Yeah. 5 on 1, 5th Avenue. All the buildings. Yeah. Why? Because they said 13 is bad luck. Yeah. So no, they... no one's going to rent it, they think. Yeah, because it's bad luck. Of course, what, what, where did it start from? Because they felt number 13 is bad luck. And therefore, they skip it. But they start with 13th floor. Of course. Called they caught 14. Exactly. They don't want to put the number in the elevator. Okay. Of course. So somebody asked me once... Rav, what is this uh, inyan over here uh, that they did? I said, Hashem loves the Jewish people. What is it, Hashem loves the Jewish people? I said, we go to Florida, and we have to walk up in Turnberry on Shabbat in the stairwell to the 15th floor. So they did us a favor now. We get to 12. 12 goes to 14. They helped the Shemesh Shabbat. They saved us a floor over there. Imagine they would put the 13th floor. We have to walk up an extra flight. So I go, but who said, you didn't take the elevator? You walked up? And we saved you a, uh, we saved you a flight. Shem helps us. <laughs> so I like that. Yeah, but what if you live on the 12th floor? Vegam ken amru masikit makot. Amar bil azar. Mena Torah o mena bi'i o mena ketubim. Which means in the path that a person wants to go in the path in the path that a person wants to go they let him go on that path what does that mean? Akadosh Baruch Hu says I'm not going to stop you you want to go on a certain road uh, I'll let you go so the person thinks, well, if I'm being successful on this road, must be God is wants me to go. Wants me to go. It's not so. God says, listen, you made free will. You want to go on that road? Go on that road. What's the proof? God tells Bil'am ten times, don't go with them, don't go with them, don't go with them. But he sees in Bil'am's brain, he wants to go. So what does God tell him? Allah, go, go with them. So Bil'am's going to come along and say, oh, you see? God said go. God told you ten times, don't go. 
But he sees you want to go. You want to go? God can say, listen, I try to guide you the right way, but you still have in your head to do this. And he's going to get punished. There was one time, the Hakamim tell a story of a guy who was, uh, who was drunk. Every night would come home, he would get drunk. His family doesn't know what to do with him. They're, uh, yeah, they're, they're very embarrassed from him. They embarrass him. He embarrasses himself. The father. They're, they're, they're the father. He embarrasses himself. They find him in the street. They find him in the street, lying down uh, with his vomit. And they told him, listen, uh, Dad, you're, you're embarrassing us. You're embarrassing us. So what does he say? So they say, you know what? We're going to teach him a lesson. One time, when he got drunk, they took him and they put him in a cemetery and they opened the grave. And they put him in the grave. They didn't close it. They feel when he wakes up, when he wakes up, he's going to say, oh, wow, this is where I am. He's in the cave. This is where he's going to stop him. What happened? It says that night he got drunk. And they picked him up, the children. They went to the cemetery. They put him in the cabin over there and finished. What happened? He's sleeping. That night, there was a caravan. The old days had caravans with horses and the thing. And the guy's carrying wine, barrels of wine. What happened? As the horse is going, he went over a rock. One of the barrels, One of the barrels fell off and rolled. Rolls, 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 rolls. Right to the cabin. And what happened? When it hit the cabin, the spout opened up, and now the wine starts. All of a sudden, the guy's sleeping. He feels, he feels, what is this? Also, he opens his mouth. I'm in Gan Eden. I'm in Gan Eden. Look at this. <laughs> so now he comes home and he's big happy. It's just, what happened? So you don't know what happened to me over here. What a wine I had. The best wine, he says, never happened. I opened my mouth and the wine is coming in. And they said, The guy, he wants a drink. So Hashem will bring the drink even to the cemetery, even in the cave and all that. Because he want, he's not looking to make the shuvah. He's looking to... So therefore, he, he interprets it as if what? Hashem's telling me I'm right. Of course he's wrong. But this is the way it happens. Okay? <laughs> person was measuring neft. What's neft? Gasoline. And a parsimon. What's a parsimon? Balsam. It's a perfume. So he's measuring the perfume and he's measuring the gasoline. One has a good smell, one has a bad smell. When he comes to measure the neft, does do me a favor, go outside, do it. You're smelling up the whole joint. They say, hey, wait, don't don't measure it yet. Wait till I come in. I want to get some of the some of the fragrance. So what's what's the mashal over here? Look at Rashi. Look at the bottom over there. I'm sorry. Look at the bottom, look at the bottom. 
כלומר מספיקים בידו ואין מונעים אותו מן השמיים לעקבות very important point they're going to open the door for him and he'll go in and he'll succeed now the Rasha is going to say what if Hashem was against me could I have been so successful he's making a mistake free will and Hashem opens the door for him so come, you want to go to the wrong way good luck if you want to go stay around with the, with the bad people, who yalits? That's a big point. But he's not going to help you. Which means there's no si'ata dishmaya. You don't get assistance. God says, I'm going to leave you alone. Understand what the difference is? When it comes to doing good things, God says, I'm going to help you. But when it comes to doing bad things, that's the mashal. The mashal is when the guy is doing nift. What do they tell him? Do it yourself. Leave us alone. We don't want to get involved with you. Do it alone. Hashem says, I don't want to get involved with it. But Bissamim, what does the guy say? I'll join you. Join you. I want to join you. I'll help you. So we, so we can get the, uh, the benefit <sighs> over there. There's a big yesod. <laughs> מלמטה מתמים אותו מלמעלה באו למזה מתמים לו נבאר אם יסז מתמים אותו הרבה מניחים אותו לתמי הרבה which means what happens when a person makes an עבירה it says עבירה גוררת עבירה the עבירה leads to another עבירה and then he has two עבירות and now the two עבירות there's two מעלים that brings him to make Four, which is they keep on growing. Multiple. Not that God is metameh. His own actions will bring him to tomotuma, and the guy is going to misinterpret and say, "Look how successful a guy comes along and opens on Shabbat." He says, "I'm going to open my store on Shabbat." Business is wrong. And the business, customers, flows, this, that. So the guy comes along and says, "What are you talking?" They told me if you if you open on Shabbat, it's you lose your parnasah. Nothing happened. On the contrary, I never had a better day uh, ever. Then he comes to Beit Knesset. He gives some donation to the city. Everything's good, but doesn't realize that this is Hakadosh Baruch Hu opening him the road of avera. You'll never benefit from an avera. Although in the beginning it looks like you're benefiting from the avera, but in the long run you don't win. Tarabanan. מתקדישתם ויתם קדושים אדם מקדש עצמו מעט מקדשים אותו הרבה אדם מקדש עצמו מלמטה מקדשים אותו מלמעלה אדם מקדש עצמו בעולם הזה מקדשים אותו לעולם הבא very important a person is מקדש himself in this world a little they מקדש him a lot Hashem just says just open a little for me God says, Pithuli Petah. Pinhol. Kipithoshil Mahat. Pinhol. Pinhol. How big is a pinhol? Small. <laughs> no, those pins don't have holes. Those are regular pins. He says, Open open for me just a, an amount of a pinhole. A small amount. Make a little change, Hashem says. A little change. Ch- how big is a pinhole? Nothing. Vani Iftalachem Pithoshil Ulam. If you start with a little hole, God says, I'll take over the rest. All of a sudden, you'll see that little pinhole. People don't realize that. People think to make the shuvah, you have to make big things. 
Why do I bring me to Fina Benutam? You starting with the Benutam? How about we start, start once a week to feel in Ashi? Once a week to feel in, you haven't want to feel in, 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 in 30 years. Start once a week to feel in Ashi. I said, you know something? That's it. To feel in Ashi? I'm going to start. God says, just one peta of a mad of nothing. From there you'll see, it's going to start to grow. There's a, once we said a dirasha on this. We said a dirasha like this. The pasuk says, when it comes to making teshuva, one pasuk says, the prophet is talking. <laughs> I'm going to sprinkle upon you Mayim Tehorim, holy waters, and you'll become Tahor. Another Pasuk says, Megveh Yisrael Hashem. Ma Megveh Metaher et Atemeim, Abakadosh Baruch Hu Metaher et Yisrael. So, it compares Teshuvah to a Megveh. That's just like a Megveh purifies a person that's Tameh. So to God, Megveh Yisrael Hashem. God is the Megveh. Avam Yisrael, he's Metaher. So we asked the question once. One time the Pasuk refers to Teshuvah as sprinkling, sprinkling the water. And one time it refers to Teshuvah as what? Megveh. What's the difference between Tahara of a Megveh and Tahara of sprinkling? Both bring the person to Tahara, but there's a difference. The Megveh of water, it's total immersion. But he goes in, every part of his body is covered. You know what that represents? There's certain people that overnight they make 180. That's it. They realize that their life was a bad life. They say, from now on, that's it. I'm stopping everything. The next guy's got a beard. He's got peota. The guy's, the guy's reading Tikkunah Klali all day long. He's got a white uh, yarmulke. And the guy's, uh, that's it. The guy's jumping around all day long. What happened to you? Yesterday you were a regular guy. That's it. Uh, guy fell on his head. Tilted. And that's it. 180. Okay, that's, that's good. If he doesn't lose his level, very good. He made it 180. That's the McVeigh. When he just went in and he made a full full recovery. But then that's not a realistic... Uh... There's another tahara of getting sprinkled. When a person's tamir, they bring the para aduma. They put it in the water. The Kohen takes his finger, puts it in the water, and sprinkles. How much of the water touches his body? And how much part of the body gets touched? He goes, he goes, sit over here. And what does the Torah say? Tahor. Tahor. His whole body was Tameh. The water only hit here. They're teaching another method of Teshuvah. That's called partial Teshuvah. Which means, just purify yourself in one spot. Do one item. But uh, Harab, the whole body is Tameh. Okay, you want to jump in there? Good luck to you. You want to, you want to do everything on one day? Cold turkey now? You want to go from zero mitzvot to 613? Good luck to you. Not everybody can do that. But instead, let the holy waters hit one spot. What's one spot? Come every Tuesday night to Shi'ur. This is all we ask of you. But Rabbi, Wednesday night I eat in Taref. And Thursday night I have Gidu uh, Arayot, or Friday night Shifikut Dabi. Did I ask you what you do Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night? Did I ask you what you do Wednesday night? I told you just come to the night to Shi'ur. That's all I asked you to do. One one spot over here. But Kodarav, you know what I do Monday night? You know what I do Sunday night? You know what I do Sunday What are you asking me? That? I told you to do nothing. I once asked Big Rabbi Erlanger from the Mir Yeshiva. He's the son in law of Ravolba. Ravolba is a big. Uh, 
and ask them. I want to bring people back in the community to Shumah. Tell me the method. He said, don't tell them anything. Just tell them, come to class once a week. That's it. I have a rabbi, what about all the Averot? He says, the Gemara says, Halvai oti azevu v'torati shamaru. She'or sheba mahzira lemutav. There's some people that think the way to bring people back to Shuvah is you have to talk about God with them. God and God and God. The people that will be forever get out. The guy's crazy. God, God. You tell the guy, I don't want to talk about God. Just come to the Shur. What's the class on? A Kohelet. Kohelet. What's Kohelet? Okay, the wisdom of King Solomon. Okay. No problem. Is it, is it going to tell me I can't go to the movies? I'm not going to tell you anything. It's going to tell you Hadushim. Uh, okay. No. All of a sudden he goes to the Kohelet class. So he goes to Perkei Avot. And then the first week, he's what? It's not so bad, though, man. Interesting uh, stuff over here. He comes home. His wife said, How was the class? He said, I know, It was okay. I, I thought it would be much uh, more, you know, uh, personal. But thank God, it's uh, nice things over there. <laughs> so, well, yeah, not religious. Not totally. <laughs> All of a sudden, he starts to change. All of a sudden, he starts to come with his head. His wife says, Hey, what's going on with you over here? Yeah, it looks like you're liking this over here. Don't, don't become a blackout on me now, all of a sudden. Boy, you said you're going to the class. Uh, uh, the rabbi has a class Wednesday night also. What do you mean Wednesday Wednesday night you go play poker with the boys. Uh, what's it, one, one week is not going to... She said, oh, I knew this was going to happen to you. You went to the class. There you go. She's right. But with Jews. So which means... Which means... Which means the way you bring them back is... Through, just come to the Beit Knesset. Don't talk about uh, anything personal. Don't talk about religion. There was a rabbi in Russia. He came to Russia to bring the Jews back from to religion. There were atheists in Russia. Communists are atheists. They tell the Rav, come speak to these kids. Try to bring them back to God. Beautiful. He comes in. Now all these kids, they're teenagers. They're ready. They're ready to... They know what the guy's going to tell them. The guy's going to tell them God created the world. They have already 100 answers to prove him how he didn't create the way. They're ready. They're ready to kill the guy. The guy comes in with 10 gemariyot, Baba Kama. He gives up Baba Kama. What is this? This is Baba Kama. Baba Kama? Okay, Baba Kama. They start reading it. para. The ox gored the, the cow. And who has to pay? Who's guilty? They start arguing. No, the other guy's guilty. He did it. He did the damage. He did the damage. Oh, but I have a question. Hey, hey, hey. that's Tosavot's question. Come over here. Look at the Tosavot. And all of a sudden... For an hour, they're learning about damages. They close the book. He walks out. Hey, what about God? I didn't mention God. I mentioned God. I think God. Come back. Come back. We want the, the, the rabbi, the teacher comes. And you want this guy to come back next week? Come back every week. This guy's great. He gives us. Uh, after all of a sudden, three, four, she only rabbi come Then all of a sudden, he says, now let me talk about God. Now they're ready. They say, okay, talk, talk. Because already they. Yeah. Exactly. They saw the beauty of the Torah and they said, you know something, now we're ready, we're willing to listen. That's what the Pasuk says. The Navi said, stop talking about God. Just teach them Torah. Or Sheba, the light of the Torah, there's a light in the Torah. The Baal Shem Tov said that when God created the world, there was a light. It was called Organus. But God said, this light over here is too powerful. The world can exactly the world cannot uh, handle this light. So what did he do? He hid it. Said the Baal Shem. Where did he hid it? Where did he hide it? In the Torah. Ah. 
So the Torah. So anytime you open a book, all of a sudden the organus comes out. Now the person doesn't see it, but the neshama feels the organus, and all of a sudden he starts to get excited. What was I say? And he starts to change. So don't preach so much. Let the Torah do the dirty work. Why do you have to be the bad guy? Don't be the bad guy. Just anybody that comes to Beth Knesset, Baruch Abba, Baruch Abba, Baruch Abba. We had guys sitting in our shi'udim, they were the worst criminals on the face of the earth. They sat, they learned, and then, man, that, now they're the, the second worst criminals. They, 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 they went up, they went, they went down a level. You see over here what it's saying over here? You see what it's saying over here? Oh, so the Baalim Musar give him mashal. It says, the lawyer, lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> it says over here, Open for me the the eye of a needle. So the rabbis ask, why the eye of a needle? It's a hole. You couldn't give me. There's a lot of holes. That's the smallest thing. But make me a hole. Take your finger, put it in the sand. Right. It makes a hole? Yeah. So, make me a hole the size of a guy putting his finger in the sand. A guy puts his finger in the water. It makes a imprint. Why did you give that mashal of pithoshel machat? So the rabbis answer, because when you put your finger in the sand and you take it out, what happens? Sand falls. It closes. When you put your finger in water and you take it out, what happens? Water covers it. It closes. So God says, it could be small, but it has to remain open. Which means, not that you're going to go back. That if the kippur is over, okay, it has to be a small hole, but the hole of a needle, it stays. it stays. It's permanent. God says, I don't care how much you're accepting upon yourself. I don't care. It doesn't have to be a big, uh, a big thing. There was one time uh, a soldier in the Israeli army. He came to a shiur like this, and the rabbi told him, accept anything, the smallest thing in the world, and you'll see Hashem will be with you. And, uh, so the guy says, uh, what's the smallest thing? He's trying to think of the smallest thing in the religion. So he says, the rabbi tells him, I have a good thing for you. The Torah tells us how to put on the shoes in the morning. Right shoe, left shoe. Tie your left shoe, tie your right shoe. Is that halakha? It's halakha. He showed him, this is halakha, shohan aruch. He says, you tell me I should accept this? Just accept this upon That's the beginning. Could you do it? I could do it. But he says the rabbi, you have to do it. Don't, uh, if you're accepting it, I accept it. Good. Now what happens? The guy is fighting in the war, in the army. Right away, they call his battalion up. Say so they run into the camp. They're getting dressed. They're getting dressed. He puts on his boots. He runs out. He remembers. Oh, I didn't put the boots on the right way. He tells the battalion, I gotta go back. Go back what? Emergency, I gotta go back. He runs back to the thing, he takes off his shoes, he puts them on the right way. But Minan, there was a landmine over there. They all died in the landmine. What happened? He got saved. From what? From a little halakha and shu'an aluk that he accepted upon himself. I'm gonna open up for you. The greatest yatad So you shouldn't think when a person comes along and makes a Kabbalah on himself. It's okay, what is this here? Every Kabbalah is big. <coughs> there was a great rabbi, Rav Shach, Roshiva Panavich Yeshiva. They asked him once, they want to know what his Kabbalot are for the new year. Kippur was coming, Rosh Hashanah, whatever it is. 
So they see in his notes. He says, I accept upon myself that Be'azat Hashem this year, I'm going to read Berkat Amazon from the Sidur. This was the Kabbalah of the Gadol Ador. You see, the Kabbalot were small, small items. And that's why simple people like us never grow. Why? Because we're always thinking about big things. And you could have, a, exactly, I want to be like Roshach, learn 22 hours a day. Why don't you start with a small I'm going to say, but cut them as often as you do it. Now, if you'd accept that upon yourself, it's a big thing. Now you're ready, you fix your Bikat Amazon. Now, now because of the Sidur, it'll be a, a great item. But I think, if I'm not mistaken, it's said in the Kabbalot of Shach, I'm going to accept upon myself to read Bikat Amazon the Sidur until Hanukkah. Right. <laughs> he made a time frame. Made a time frame. I don't want to accept the whole year yet. Wait, wait, wait. That's Kedulim. The Gedulim always become better because they're building themselves up yeah, gradually, step by step. And they know. Petrot Shil Mahad. And that's what it says over here. It shouldn't be able to close. He said to Hanukkah. That was now he said, if I want to renew it after Hanukkah, he knew uh, that's, that's something we could bite off. Become a habit. Did you? Yeah. Hanukkah time already. <laughs> it's second nature. Look at the next. Uh, look at look at perfect. Look how perfect this is over here. This is for the Hurban now. The im nikshelu rabim. <laughs> the first bet Mikdash, it says they committed the three Averot. In those days, the Abu Dazra was attractive. And the Ovdea had a lot of confidence. And that confidence that Ovdea Abu Dazra had would attract a lot of Jews to come and uh, <coughs> today the Goyim even the ones that worship the Goyim they don't have a confidence in their religion they're complaining about it they have arguments <laughs> with the church they're fighting with it, it's too strict uh, so even if a Jew uh, is not attracted to it because you see they themselves are disgruntled they themselves are upset but in the olden days the people that used to worship they used to promote it very strong and it was a big uh, power so the Jews were attracted to it one time there was a there was a young guy. They called him the the Baal Shem of Michelstadt. You went there? Yeah. He was there in Germany. The Baal Shem. There's Baal Shem Tov in uh, Mishbush in Ukraine, mm-hmm. and there's Baal Shem of Michelstadt. Michelstadt's in Germany. He was a gaon. He was a child genius, prodigy. When he was very young, he was known to be very, very, very small. <clears throat> so what happened? One time, one time the uh, the king, or the Caesar, whoever was Caesar, the king, the minister, said to Michal as a boy, seven years old, he said, you're so smart. Tomorrow, yeah. Tomorrow you're going to come to the palace. I'm not going to tell you which room I'm in. You have to figure out which room I'm in. There's a hundred rooms in the palace. I'm going to figure it out. Tomorrow at three o'clock. Okay. Where are you going to tell the king? No. He gets there five to three. He's standing outside the building. There's a hundred rooms. I'm going to figure out what to do. He has five minutes to figure out which room he's in. Sure enough, three o'clock. He knocks on the king's door. 
the king opened the kid, the seven-year-old boy's dead. How did you find me? He's what I tell. I looked outside. I saw all the windows. The shades were down. There was one window. The shades were up. I figured, what the king's going to sit in the dark? I figured it out. This is the room. So he says, my mistake. I gave you a hint. He said, but I want to ask you a question. If I didn't put the shades down, if I didn't put if I if I didn't put the shades up, how would you have found me? He's asking him now. He says, I would have asked. I would have asked. He says, <coughs> and what if you would have asked one person, and he would tell you I'm on the left, and you would ask another person, and he would tell you I'm on the right. Now what would you have done? He said, I would ask a third person, and I would follow the majority. So he tells the king. He says, you're so smart, I got you. You yourself just said you follow the majority. He said, the majority of the world is Christian. You're the minority, is Jews. And therefore, your words you just said, you follow the majority. So the little boy says, my dear king, I have an answer. He says, when do I follow the majority when I don't know? If I don't know you're on the right or in the left, so I say, Safek, I have to follow majority. But in religion, we have no Safek. We know we have the Emet. Which means he told him like this. He said, let's say I would know where the king is. Even if 10,000 people tell me the king is in another room, I don't listen. Why? Because I know where he is. He says, we know where God is already. And therefore, we don't have to follow Rov on a, on a Vadai. Seven. <laughs> there was another great rabbi. They called him Rav Yonatan Ibeshitz. He's recent? 200 years ago, it was recent for you? So. Yutai was his lift shit. That was Mag and David. This is So now, so now what happens? What happens is, what happens is, Yutai Ivish just made a bar mitzvah speech. He was 13 years old. The theme of his bar mitzvah speech was quoting a pasuk in Mishlem. The pasuk says. Uh, Tov, Melech, Hacham, Vizakhen, Mekisil, Evion, Vani. It's better as the Melech, who's a Hacham, Vizakhen, from a Kisil, Miskin, Ani, something like that. What's the Hadush? What's the Hadush? So, as Bamitsu speaks, he said, this pasuk is referring to the Yetzirah Tov and the Yetzirah He says that the Yetzirah Tov, the Yetzirah Tov is called the Hacham, simply because he gives the person uh, good advice. The Yetzirah is called a Zakin. The Yetzirah is called a Zakin. So he asked, why is the Yetzirah called a Zaken? Zaken means somebody smart, somebody wise, or somebody old. So he said a Hadush. 
He said, the reason why Shalom Ha'amela calls the Yetzirah Zakin, because the Gemara says that when a person is born, he's born with Yetzirah And his Yetzirah Tov doesn't come into him until he's 13 years old. At the Bar Mitzvah, that's when he gets the Yetzirah Tov. So when he's young, he only has Yetzirah So something happens to a boy in his Bar Mitzvah. It's not just um, uh, he puts on tefillin. Something happens on that day. He gets a new energy called the Yetzirah Tov. So therefore he said the Yetzirah is 13 years older than the Yetzirah Tov. So therefore, Shlomo HaMelech calls the Yetzirah Zakin. He's older. Rav Pam Alav Shalom said a dirash on this once. He said, you remember when Yaakov Abinu was blessing his children, he said, Virav Ya'avod Sa'ir. The older one should serve the younger one. So he said, who's the Rav? That's the Yetzirah, he's the older one. Ya'avod Sa'ir, he should work for the younger one. Who's the younger one? Yetzirah Tov. That means, <laughs> use the Yetzirah for good things. The Yetzirah uh, 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 says, uh, be jealous. Good, be jealous of the Tamil Akamim. The Yetzirah says, uh, uh, be, uh, want to have uh, lust. Lust? Go use your lust, get married, have children. Let me use the Yetzirah for, for good things. Let the older one work for the, for the younger one. That was my son Yosef said that in his Bar Mitzvah speech. In, uh, you remember? So, of course. So now, so now the explanation is like this. Explanation is like this. So after he made the derash, it was a big chedush he gave them. But the Yitzchak is older than the Yitzchak Tov by thirteen years. And he was saying today he became Bar Mitzvah. Now we have a Yitzchak Tov. Very nice. So one of the wise guys in the uh, kahal, they said. But young boy, until 13, you only had Yetzirah. How did you control yourself? You didn't have a Yetzirah Tov to, to fight. When you get older, you should have Yetzirah Tov, no problem. But for 13 years, you only have Yetzirah. How did you overcome the enticement of the Yetzirah? So he told them, there's halakha. The halakha says, that if you're a judge and now one litigant comes into the courtroom and he says judge, I want to say my claims is the judge allowed to listen to him? no, the other guy's got to be there exactly the halakha says shamoa bin ahichem ushfatim siddiq bin ahichem you're not allowed to hear one guy's claim without the other guy being there of course, the other guy's going to come in he's going to tell no story and the other guy's not there to argue. <laughs> the guy's not, even if as he's telling the story, the guy's not arguing, but he's scared the guy to tell a lie in front of the other guy. Right? The other guy. He's going to be sure. Of course, because he knows in a second. What are you talking about? The judge sees the face of the other guy. When he's telling the story, he sees the other guy. <laughs> so already there's a reaction. But if the guy is able to tell the judge, he taints him already. So the law is that the judge has to tell the first guy. I cannot hear the case. Shamoa bin Ahachem. Which Fatim said it. So it's the Avyonatan Avish said, Every time the Yetzirah would come to me with a claim, I tell him, Listen, Hold on. I cannot listen to you yet. Yeah, I, I need to wait for, for the Yetzirah. Yeah. Uh, uh, I always told him, Wait. 
I'm, I'm going to listen to you. Well, you have to wait 13 years <laughs> until the Yitzhak is able to. That was the way I was fought my Yitzhak when I said, And once the Yitzhak came, I was able to say, Amen.